Thank you, holy God. Great and mighty King. Righteous, holy Savior. Thank you, Father. Thank you, my Father. For this great gift of God, this glory of God, power of God, love of God. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Well, let's just take a few moments here and take a look at the good word of God. Oh, Lord, what a beautiful day, beautiful services, beautiful spirit of the Lord. The book of Acts, chapter 3. Chapter 3 of the book of Acts, verse 19. Hmm. Reads like this, repent ye therefore and be converted. Everybody said converted. converted. That your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. All right. And I'm reading from the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, and I want you to listen to what was said here in the seventh chapter of Hebrews, verse 12, for the priesthood having changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. I'd like to work for just a little while on its necessary for change. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. In the light of God's declaration in his word, when he said, I am the Lord thy God, and I change not. He definitely set the order of everything. And uh, it leaves one very obvious thing. God's right. He's not changing. So it becomes of necessity that we change. Because the Bible said we've all sh fallen short of his glory. And that we're all in need of a necessary change. Hence the writer said, repent ye therefore. Number one, repent. Repent ye therefore and be converted, be changed. There's a necessity of a change in our lives. So much so that Jesus said to a very influential person with a lot of degrees and credentials in his life, uh, sat on the Supreme Court of the land at that time. And in him coming to Jesus, Jesus told him, you must be born again. And um, that was like, huh? And so Jesus said, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit. 
And if you don't, then you can't see or enter into the kingdom of God. So there's a necessity of a change because in our present nature, we have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. We've fallen short of God's glory. And there's a need, Jesus was pointing out, in us for a change. We've got to be born again. The first birth bringing us into this world, as Job's writings contain, just a few days and we're full of trouble like sparks flying upward. So there's need for a change. There are some people that are deceived by vanity and pride and you know, other such things, characteristics that would have us believe of ourselves that I'm just fine just like I am. I don't need to change. And that's just another form of deception, for we do need to change. There is of necessity a change. The Bible teaches that if righteousness could have come by the law, then it would have come by the law. But the Scripture said here, in teaching us about Jesus the Christ and using the priesthood of Melchizedek to do it, trying to point out that Melchizedek's whole setup was of the power of an endless life and a priesthood that would, not, would be continual. And yet, in bringing this out, they brought out how under the law there was priesthood. But there was many because they would die. And so you'd have to have more than one to keep it going. But in Melchizedek, as in Jesus, it was after the power of an endless life. And so he said here the priesthood being changed, he said there is made of necessity a change also of the law. Now the, the law was was so was instituted by God and it was it was given uh, to Moses in the mount and so it is written the law came by Moses and Moses brought down the two tablets of testimony only to uh, in his fury with uh, the people because the people were doing according to their nature and they were reveling and partying and hanging out and clubbing out and dancing out and doing everything wrong until Moses in his fury took the two tables of testimony freshly minted by the hand and the finger of God and threw them and break them at the people because uh, they even the spirit of it got into Aaron and corrupted his thinking to where he told Moses he said when Moses says what is this this calf he said well the people uh, they, they they gave me their their gold and their that was a good thing and all their their jewelry and everything, and, and uh, he said, and I threw it in the fire, and whoop, pop, out came this, came this uh, calf. I'm sure that um, Houdini would have liked that trick, how that happened, and uh, maybe a few others. But uh, the point being that there was quite a spirit working there, and even the inexperienced up-and-coming being trained Joshua uh, did not properly discern the spirit of the whole situation. And uh, he tried to smooth it over that everything was all right and what he was sound that he was hearing and Moses said that's not the sound I'm hearing he said you're I believe you're you're hearing the wrong key you're missing this and uh, he had to correct him and the ear of experience began to straighten it out and what was going on 
So the people were acting out according to their nature and the weakness of their flesh. Even the Bible said the, uh, the unprofitableness of the law. And so there was necessary change that needed to be made. And I tell you that in our flesh, the writer said, well, it's no good thing. And that it is this flesh that uh, the writer in teaching about it, he said, when I would do good, he said, I, I don't do it. And he, he said, I, I find a weakness there. And I, I realized that uh, in my flesh just dwells no good thing. He said, evil is present. And I find myself doing the wrong thing, making the wrong choices and decisions and going to the wrong places and saying the wrong things. And um, I want to do good, but I don't find the power to perform that. And so um, here we, again, we see that there was something that needed a power and the power of the endless life that began to be shown early in Melchizedek, who uh, even Abraham testified how great this man and his ministry was. He gave tithes unto him of all. That's a good thing for you to learn how to give tithes of all. Everybody said amen. Don't matter. It doesn't matter what the source is. Could have been your great aunt Gertrude from somewhere sent you $100, you better be sure to tithe that. And if you got blessed with some kind of something else coming from some unexpected source, you better remember to honor the Lord with that. And everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. There are no exceptions that are acceptable before God. First fruits means just that. First, not last. First. Again, everybody said amen. It's in your Bible. And you know that the preacher has a commandment to take that tithe. It's in your Bible. You might want to read that. Because we're living by every word that proceedeth forth out of the mouth of God. And oh, we love the blessing of the Lord, don't we? Is anybody here doesn't love the blessing of the Lord? Of course you. You love the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Well, you better remember who the blesser is and do him honor. Honor the Lord with the first fruits. Okay, that's what your Bible says emphatically. Okay, so anyway, the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For God to make a change in that law, for God to make a change to something that was so sacred and so holy and given in the mount where Moses had gone up even the second time, and God minted him a second set of tablets. I want you to understand that yet God said we're in need of a change around here. We're going to have to bring in a new covenant. And the writer made it clear right after the second chapter of the book of Acts when they came to the upper room in the second chapter of Acts because Jesus gave them last-minute instructions that you're going to go preach this one gospel, this death, this burial, this resurrection, this repentance, this water baptism in Jesus' name, and this infilling of the Holy Ghost. You're going to go preach this, but before you do, you got to get it. And so you're going to the upper room in Jerusalem. That's where repentance and remission of sins is going to begin to be preached among all nations. You're going to wait there for the promise of the Spirit, which I've told you about and your witnesses of. You get ready because you can't go preach this. You can't go witness this until you get it. But after that, you get it. 
you're going to receive power. You're going to receive power to be a witness for me into all the known world. Oh, friend, it's going to be glorious, and it's going to be great. And that one spirit, that great outpouring of God's presence is going to place you in the church, the body of Christ. Not the church house, but the body of Christ, the body of believers. It's going to place you in there. For by one spirit are you going to be baptized into one body. And everybody said amen. All right. So don't you know that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, the Scripture said. They all begin to speak with other tongues or languages as God's Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability to do so. When they showed in their repentance and the change in their thinking and their attitude that they were now embracing completely the plan of God, then that conversion took place, that change took place. And in that change taking place, then there was a showing of the necessity that you've got to be born again. You've got to become a new creature in Christ Jesus, a new creation, so that the old things can pass away, and behold, everything can become new. And then, in that taking place, your repentance and your conversion to, the, to making the change that is so necessary, then he said, then the times of refreshing, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, and they demonstrated that. God showed that through them on that second chapter of Acts experience, and it didn't stop there because I'm telling you, you roll into chapter 3 and on, and the book of Acts is loaded with it, the church going forth into all the known world, bringing to them the conversion. You realize the realization, I've got to change. I've got to, I've got to forsake my ways. I've got to get rid of my religious ways. I've got to get rid of my tradition. I've got to get rid of my pride. I've got to get rid of thinking the way I'm thinking. I've got to have a change. There's a necessity here for a change. It is so necessary for us to change. And we're not just changing for the sake of change. We're changing because it's necessary. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. He used that term, he said, of necessity, a change. Also, of necessity. It's not just doing something to do it. It's doing it because it's necessary. Jesus said you must be born again or you cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. That speaks of necessity. It speaks of no negotiation. No, no other way to do this. There is but one God, and he has one church, and it's for everybody everywhere. And he made one way to get into that church, the body of Christ. It's not difficult. It's repent. It's be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of your sins, and it's receiving the free gift of the Holy Ghost. When God judges that your heart is believing him, that you're believing on Him in your heart. Then He sends forth His Spirit into your heart, crying, speaking through you, Abba, Father, speaking in another tongue or language as His Spirit gives the utterance. And you then are born again of water and of the Spirit, of water baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, of Spirit being, the Spirit being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is necessary. This isn't some people like to tell you, well, you can if you want to. No, that's not what your Bible teaches. It's not a can if you want to. It's Jesus saying you must be born again. You must be born again. 
guy riding down the road doing the church dirty. He's knocked to the ground. He says, Who art thou, Lord? The Lord said, I'm Jesus. You're persecuting me. You're fighting me. You're coming against my church. You're doing my people harm. He said, Well, what will you have me to do, Lord? You've got my full attention. And I realize that something's got to change here, and it's me. What will you have me to do? And the Lord said, It'll be told thee what thou must do. And he began to give him directions where to go, what street, what house, what city. And when you get there, friend, there's a preacher going to meet you. He's going to lay hands on you. And he's, he's going to heal you of the blindness that you're now suffering from, from the bright light that took away your blindness. And all things went strangely dim and dull as you were basking in this light of my glory. And you're going you're gonna to get an experience that's going to give you the change that you have need of. This isn't something negotiable. You will be told what you must do. Preacher laid hands on him and said, Why are you dragging around? Why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord. Time to be baptized. What should I do? Time to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. But, no but. It's necessity. It's necessary for you to make the change here in your life. You've got to step in to the light. You've got to step in to the realm of Jesus Christ. He's pulling you. No man can come except his spirit draw you. And he's drawing you to repentance. He's drawing you to be baptized in his name, Jesus Christ, in water. To be buried with him. And he's drawing you to fill you with the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Shall we stand together? We're not talking about if you want to. Somebody said, well, it's three works of grace. I never read that in the Bible. And they'll try to teach you that it's, it's uh, you know, the first work of grace is that you get saved. And, of course, their, their definition of salvation is accept Christ as your personal Savior. Nowhere in the Bible, as I said, that's their definition. That's their doctrine but it's it's not the word of god and then the second work of grace is you pray a little bit more and they claim you get a little holiness about you they call that the second work of grace and then they tell you now the third work of grace which is totally optional you can if you want to and that is as an added attraction you can get the holy ghost so people, some people started to repent, first work of grace. And the next thing you know, God started filling people with the Holy Ghost. So he went from step one to step three in, in their eyes. And uh, he took care of business for them. He showed them how things have to be. You must be born again of water and the Spirit. Hear me now. Acts chapter uh, 10, the Bible said that while Peter was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And that's how Peter and the rest of the church that traveled with him to this church service knew that these people had received the Holy Ghost, the same as they did at the beginning. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter commanded those people to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because you must be born again of water and of the Spirit. If you get filled with the Holy Ghost and don't get baptized in Jesus' name, you're not completing the new birth experience. 
and you're going to miss it. Won't that be a sad, sad thing? And the more that you resist the change, then the less you'll hear. It'll start out pounding at you, talking to you, pulling you, tugging you, dealing with you. And you keep resisting the change, and it'll get to where you can barely hear his voice anymore. And then after a while, he'll cease to speak to you about it at all. But necessity cries. Need for a change. You got to get out of the law and you got to get into the spirit. You got to get away from something that's more man made and get around something that is God given, God driven. Okay, everybody said amen. amen. We have a, a greater ministry. We have the ministry of the Spirit. That's what your Bible teaches. And everybody said hallelujah. Take a moment. Lift your heart with your hands. I love you, Jesus. And I praise you, almighty God. I worship you, holy King. And I bless your righteous holiness. Won't you come close to us tonight, Lord? Help us to see our need for change in our lives, even from day to day, going from strength to strength and faith to faith. Oh, dear God, I praise you, and I worship you, holy Lord. I need your great glory. Help us as we go from glory to glory. Oh, God, help us. Help us, oh, Lord. Get out of the flesh and get in the spirit. To shake off the things that are so natural and so carnal. Oh, God, I give you thanks this very night. As she plays and sings, let's come and gather in for a few moments. Oh, yes. Come on now. Everybody's invited. This is just good family prayer. Everybody to be a part. Oh, yes. Me to be converted. Help me. Oh, yes. Yeah. 